Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Get in the know, nonstop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. There he is, one of the many heroes of yesterday's clutch come from behind fourth quarter victory by the Minnesota Vikings to improve to two and three on the season. This is Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company, daily Minnesota Vikings entertainment. With one mission in mind every single day. We want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. We find out this week, too, if this show goes from Marconi finalist to Marconi winner. Oh, is that this cool. week? I think it's this week. So you right. might be talking to you, you're talking to Marconi finalists right now. Right. Yeah. You might be talking about Marconi winners. You think, we don't expect that to happen. Wow. You think of the pretty, greats pretty cool. in the business, don't you? Right. Like, like you think of uh, Cronkite probably got a start on podcasts. Mm hmm. Uh, you think of um, all of the great Peter Jennings probably got to start on podcast. <laughs> Peter Jennings, and now and if now we if could <laughs> join, and now we could join the elite company that is the Marconi Awards. Dan Rather, I think, did some podcasting back yeah. in the '60s too. <laughs> I'm told Dan Campbell didn't. Uh, no, he just well, his podcast would just be him crying tears I'm just, after I'm the game. So proud. Is that a Surly beer? I just appreciate this so much. Thank you so much. Is that a, is that a TCL TV? Yes, TCL. <laughs> is a partner of ours here. TCL has a new lineup of award-winning TVs delivering the most entertainment with stunning resolution, all at an affordable cost. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. All right, Mackie Judd, executive producer, Declan. When the Vikings win, it's pie chart of praise. We'll get to nitpicks, which might be lengthy, and uh, Surly Judd must be furious. But... uh, Hey, it's a victory Monday here, so let's get this. Now on Mackie and John. If you wanted better charts that you could see the fine print on. The pie chart of praise. You should be singing his praises. <laughs> All right, Judd Zolgad. Rock knows how you feel about right. pie. The pie chart of get praise. Get the clock out. Get the play clock out. We're going to line of scrimmage. We're in the huddle right now. We're going we're gonna to matriculate down the field. Matriculate. Love it. I would call this pie chart of praise a four-minute offense. And, and I told... You guys at the event line yesterday that I expected it to be only two people or two things. I've changed that. I'm coming with four. I'm coming with four. But it's still going to be quick for me because there really isn't a lot to praise here. All right. right. I'll start at the bottom and work my way up. Twelve and a half percent. That's right. For the first time ever, I am divvying up a piece of pie so thoroughly that that there's a half attached to it. Twelve and a half percent goes to Justin Jefferson. Who, despite the fact that he basically, not by his own uh, doing, disappeared in the second half. Five catches for 104 yards in the first half. Six targets. Eight targets for the game. Seven catches. 
Uh, he provided a threat all day. It's not his fault. He was not necessarily used, but he provided a threat. He made a couple of great uh, grabs. The one down the sideline that was in the first half where it was a really nice throw by Kirk, but it was a great catch. There was good coverage. Justin Jefferson, 12.5%, because I think that somebody needs to acknowledge that he is special. And at the rate he's going, he is going to be the next Stefan Diggs. And I don't mean he's going to be as good as Diggs. He might be better. I mean he's going to be as disgruntled as Diggs. When Kirk says things like, they double-teamed him and had cloud coverage, what am I supposed to do? I had to hand the ball off. No. No. You find a way. You game plan. You scheme. You trust. Trust. What's wrong with trust? We trust each other. It is amazing how... This happens all the time with the Vikings offense because you know they they default to just being conservative and oh, I don't know it looks like a tight window. It's like like they make it sound like the Lions are the first team in NFL history to counter adjust at halftime and provide some sort of double team coverage of a star receiver. You know, it's like does Kyler Murray think that? Well, I don't know DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. Uh, he's exactly. pretty covered. So I just I, I just stop targeting yeah. him. Cloud like, coverage. No cloud coverage. We're out. <laughs> See ya. Sorry. Yep. You're right. Sorry. I thought the same thing. CJ Ham. CJ Ham. Twelve and a half percent. The other twelve and a half percent of the pie goes to Kirk Cousins for two things. Two things. One, ultimately, it was Detroit, but he led a winning drive. Now, now the difference from the Arizona game in this game is he sealed, or Greg Joseph sealed the deal by actually making a much tougher field goal this time. But nonetheless, uh, there were thirty-seven seconds, if I'm not mistaken, left on the clock when Detroit got its two-point conversion to take a one-point lead. Kirk got you down the field, made some nice throws. He gets points for that, no question about it. We always say, lead the drive. Kirk did that. And the second part of why I'm praising Kirk, absolute PR brilliance. That was as bad a performance as we could have seen. And the entire focus of everybody was going to be on, well, you won, but that was crap. What are you doing? Like, we still might want Mike's head for this. This was terrible. But by slamming Zim in the chest and setting off that post-game celebration, what did we all get infatuated with? Oh, my God, did the quarterback and coach nearly come to blows? Forget the game. Let's talk about this. A brilliant PR move by the savvy veteran quarterback to know he had to create a distraction, and he did it by doing the very awkward pounding Zim in the chest and then having Zim shove him back. Uh, by the way, if you want, we, we played that clip a million times yesterday on – Vent line. Uh, I don't know, Dex, maybe you can load it in before the end of the episode here, too, so we can do another breakdown of the what looked like a shoving match, but then it was them clearly celebrating on the sidelines. Uh, I think my diagnosis of that moment is Kirk Cousins was a 12 out of 10 in excitement. Hey, we just came back, and it's a fourth-quarter comeback. It's a game-winning drive. We should be on cloud nine, and Zimmer probably for the five minutes of real time leading up to the game-winning kick which he didn't watch. He doesn't watch the kicks. So he's probably thinking, oh, my God, I'm going to get fired. We just lost to the Lions. Oh, like, are they going to fire me tonight? Uh, like, the kick's going through, and Kirk is, like, pounding him in the chest, and Zimmer wasn't ready to party on that level yet. Yeah. And it was but think wildly about it. uncomfortable. But, but think <laughs> about it. Twitter, Twitter went from being 100% this was the crappiest win, potentially, of all time to 75%. The coach and quarterback were about to fight, weren't they? And twenty five percent was on the game, and it was and, the, and you know multiple angles. They, I think Zimmer for a second thought, "Oh my god!" Like it was, there was like a quick fight or flight reaction, yes. and then the security guard went to pull Mike Zimmer back, and then he realized, 
Oh, no, Kirk's just really excited delivering his trademark. You like that? You like that? So, uh, yeah. All right. 15%, Greg Joseph. Congratulations. Uh, I believe he made four or five field goal attempts. Obviously hit the 54-yard field goal to win that game. A nice day. A nice bounce back from week two when he had a chip shot against the Cardinals. That would have been the only loss the Cardinals have if the Vikings had won that game, but they did not. But it's ironic that there's a very good chance that of all positions, a kicker might have saved Zim's job. Mm-hmm. A kicker. The the people he probably abhors the most in life, one of them might have for at least a week, if not more, because he, he might be safe now, saved Mike's job. And, and you know what? Maybe this is a good lesson for we kind of mocked Mike Zimmer for being the everyone calm down kickers miss kicks guy. It's like, oh, now you say that after eight years? Yeah. Well, maybe it led Greg Joseph to be more comfortable in that situation yesterday. You're saying that the new calmer Zim worked out well for Greg Joseph. And it you might may be have. right. You might be you know certainly what? Didn't, I can't discount that. Certainly didn't hurt. I certainly can't discount that. All right. High chart of praise has uh, one piece left, and as you can tell, it's going to be a mammoth slice. It's a mammoth slice, and it's a slice of thankfulness. It's a Thanksgiving slice for the pie that's going to go to the Vikings' (laughs) rival, the Detroit Lions. They are so bad. They are so hapless that even though they scored with 37 seconds left, it did not come as a surprise that the Vikings, that Kirk Cousins went right down the field and put Greg Joseph in position to kick that field goal. I talked about this on Mackey and Judd earlier as well, but the fact is that the that the Lions are the gift that keeps on giving Vikings 79-39-2 all-time against Detroit. They've also won their last eight in a row, the Detroit Lions get 60%. So I give 60% to the competition, 15% to Greg Joseph, and 12.5% apiece, Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson. The Rock knows how you feel about pie. All right, how we do? All, All right, right, seven. I try, seven I try to keep it around 650. I'm going to say I'm a little it's disappointed. It's pretty good. We're uh, For people who are wondering why are you keeping track, Judd once went almost 15 minutes ranting about a preseason game. Which game was that? Blame. The after the third preseason <laughs> game. Well, that was a good, yeah. So, Herb Smith got hurt. I was, was upset. Of an issue. Yeah, yeah you yeah, know what? Right. was really driving up the problems there. Hey, you know what? You do you. You worry about you. All right, here we go. All right. My pie chart of praise for a Vikings victory. 30%. Let's just get right into it. 30% to the late game luminary himself, the fourth quarter pharaoh, the dagger doctor, Mr. Game winning drive, Kirk Cousins, Kirky McClutcherton with his fourth successful fourth-quarter comeback as a Vikings quarterback. One exactly in each of the last four years. And listen, I mean, that game was a disaster. But what do we ask of Kirk? And I would be a hypocrite if I sat here and didn't shine a light on the last 37 seconds of that game yesterday. Everything's crumbling around you. You're about to lose to the Lions at home. It doesn't matter what brought you to that point. I don't care if you've thrown seven interceptions. I don't care if the crowd is booing your offense. Mm-hmm. There are 37 seconds left on the clock. You have two timeouts, and you still have a chance to win the game. No excuses. And Kirk Cousins passed a Thielen, timeout. Passed a Westbrook, timeout. Another chunk passed to Thielen and a spike, and he sets Greg Joseph up for a 54-yard game winner. Kirk Cousins helped bail out the Vikings from what should have been the worst loss in Mike Zimmer's career as coach. 
I mean, and and Greg Joseph helped too, and I'll get to some of the other pie charts. But um, this is this is what you want your quarterback to do. Thirty-seven seconds, save us, and he did. And so he deserves a tip of the cap and thirty percent of my pie chart of praise. Record that, cut it, and every time people say Phil Mackey hates Kirk Cousins' guts and will never praise him, play that. Here's the other thing: I, like just a side street off that. So many people. You guys are, you know, or me specifically, you go back and forth on Kirk. You were praising him this week and then you this week. It's like, well, when he plays well, he deserves some praise. It doesn't change my overall thinking about his contract being an albatross or him not rising up. I mean, if you want to go the other way with it, he's had exactly and only one fourth quarter comeback in each of the last five seasons, four of them with the Vikings. And those opponents are Detroit at home. Carolina at home last year, the Denver game that we all talk about, and they weren't that good a couple years ago. Uh, And then the fourth one is actually the at Green Bay game in 2018 that resulted in a tie. And according to Pro Football Reference, you get credit for a fourth quarter comeback if the game ends in a tie or a win. Yep. And so, you know, has the defense or the kicker let him know? He would have one in Arizona, too. So some of this is, you know, dependent on things that aren't necessarily in your control but hey Kirk Cousins did what he should have done to clean up that mess and he celebrated accordingly with his head coach after the game was over I mean look at this chemistry look at these two right here away from me you want to talk about two guys I'm telling you sort of got that old (laughs) what is huh what are you doing look at these two guys right here I mean this is two guys on the same page not awkwardly at all celebrating a huge win just, against the Detroit That's all the Lions. story of Kirk and Mike. <laughs> like, if, if there was, was to, to be the story of Kirk and Mike, that is, like, the perfect part to the story. It is pretty amazing. You like that? Right. You like that? Uh, 30% to Greg Joseph. He has bounced back very nicely from that Cardinals debacle, made four field goals in this game, two from beyond 50 yards, one of them a game winner. If not for him hitting that field goal, the Vikings don't win. Uh, 30% of my pie chart to Justin Jefferson for just being an unguardable beast in the first half and just in general as a wide receiver. Seven catches, a buck 24, six first downs. Uh, he's now fringe top five or top five in several key categories as a wide receiver. And so just keep feeding him. I don't care if he's double teamed or bracketed or cloud covered. Throw it up, man. That pass that, like, there was a pass Cousins threw in the first half where he just dropped back, boom, just threw it up. And that was an indictment on last week where they checked down with whatever it was, you know, eight seconds to go. Well, there wasn't enough time. He didn't need time to take three steps and lob a ball up 40 yards to Jefferson in the first half yesterday. So just get the ball to Justin Jefferson. Uh, 5% praise to Christian Derrissaw. 28 offensive snaps, zero pressures allowed at left tackle. Uh, he wasn't perfect. He did get pushed around a little bit, but none of them resulted in official pressures. And then 5% to the modern-day version of the Purple People Eaters, who mostly did their job for 59 minutes yesterday. And then they got a little little weird at the end there in the red zone and then with a two-point conversion. Uh, but they flustered Jared Goff. They held the Lions to six points until very, very late. They forced a couple turnovers. And the Vikings defense is now holding its last three opponents to an average of 16 points per game. And they rank second in the NFL in sacks on the season. They are six sacks away from last year's season output. (laughs) So 
Uh, 5% Vikings defense, 5% Christian Derrissa, 30% each to Justin Jefferson, Greg Joseph, and the fourth quarter Pharaoh, Kirk Cousins. You like that? You like that? You hate Cousins. You always hated Cousins. No, I want the Vikings to win more than I want to, like, worship you're, a starting You're not a true fan. Right? You're not a true Vikings fan. You like that? You like the that? The Rock knows how you feel about pie. Declan pie chart. All right. So. My pie chart of praise. I will start 10% to Greg Joseph. Just 10%. And I know he made the game-winning kick. He did save Mike Zimmer's job, most likely, if he did not make that kick. But, uh, look, it's his one job. You have a kicker. One job. Make the damn kicks. He made his kick. He deserves praise. So 10%, little piece of pie to Greg Joseph for doing so. 10%. My next chunk to Eric Kendricks. 15% of praise to Eric Kendricks. Yesterday for Kendricks, the highest graded player for the Minnesota Vikings on offense or defense, a 91.1 PFF grade. He also had eight tackles. One pass deflection, yep. a humongous interception. This, this dude Bravo. always comes up with opportunistic big time plays. Like I, I don't, I don't know if we can like quantify opportunistic linebacker plays, but the dude always seems to get like a very clutch interception when when his team needs one, yes. and he's a very he's good a coverage guy. linebacker. So Kendricks deserves some praise here. Don't sleep on a linebacker. And I know Greg Joseph technically won the game, but Eric Kendrick's impact is going to impact the game more than Greg Joseph. So 15% of the pie going to the Vikings linebacker, Eric Kendricks. Uh, My next chunk of pie, 35%. A 35% chunk of pie to Justin Jefferson. Seven catches a buck 24. And I know things went away in the second half, but I don't blame Justin Jefferson for that by any means. You saw in those first two quarters why he is literally becoming one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. Last year was not a fluke. Last year was not just a rookie sensation. The book starts coming out on players more and more as as time goes on. I think Justin Jefferson is literally putting himself in the category as one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. He deserves a ton of praise. And yeah, Kirk was the one slinging it to him, but Justin Jefferson's the one getting open and making the big impact. 35% of my pie to the second-year wide receiver, Justin Jefferson. And then finally, the biggest chunk, 40% to Kirky McClutcherton, Kirk Cousins, for orchestrating that drive. Because I thought when Dan Campbell had the cojones to go for two and convert that two-point conversion, I thought this game was over. There is zero chance that Kirk Cousins is going to be able to do this. No, Kirk Cousins delivers his fourth game-winning drive. We get one a year. So his fourth game-winning drive, <laughs> fourth fourth quarter, quarter comeback. comeback. Excuse me, I know he's got more drives. game-winning drives. Yeah, so he does have that to his name. Good for Kirk, but Kirk doesn't deserve praise. He found Adam Thielen for a couple of big-time plays. He deserves praise there. He puts Greg Joseph in a position to win the game. He goes right up to his head coach. His head coach doesn't really like it a whole lot. He says, please get away from me. I don't think you're vax. I don't want COVID. That's okay. It's a different oh, discussion. But I think Kirk he might Cousins, be now. He's not wearing oh, a, he? a mask on the oh, sidelines. Maybe. Now. Maybe he likes to keep those decisions so someone, private. Someone should ask. But uh, We for, don't have to talk about no. it because I know people love when we talk about Yeah, they, they love that kind of stuff. But uh, 25 of 34, 275, 8.1 yards per throw for Kirk Cousins yesterday. It puts them in a position to win the game. So 40% of my pie for the final chunk to Kirk Cousins. So to recap, 10% to Greg Joseph. 15% to Eric Kendricks, 35% to Justin Jefferson, and 40% to Kirk Cousins. The Rock knows how you feel Rio about Rio Look at you working the cloud. Nice. Drive, I only guys. gave Look 60% to Detroit. I mean, you, you no guys clearly don't think no, they almost the won Detroit the game. Lions. Yeah, but their defense was so bad that they couldn't. It's true. And by, and by the way, that drive, just a reflection of what you could have done. 
That drive, that last drive, throttle now, man, was a reflection. I'm not saying it's all there because, and I hate the the prevent defense philosophy, but there were some elements of how they were playing defensively that you probably could have exploited. But eh, it's okay, you won. Nah, well, th- that's probably a good segue into uh, a couple things here. Uh, we'll get to nitpicks. A full slate. When the Vikings win, we balance it with nitpicks. When they lose, we balance it with silver linings. So we'll get to that. Uh, but Judd Surly, you must. Be furious That's about it. something. Yeah, you know what? And because I am, I know that I can go home and I can go to my fridge, and this is what you should do too, and have a Surly Furious sitting in my fridge waiting for me. And ironically, a Surly Furious takes the edge off. But here's why, Surly, I am furious this morning, okay? The Vikings won, I get it. But I am still disgusted by that performance. I know it's a win, but let me focus. Let me delve down into the offensive approach, okay? And we basically now have the quotes from Zim to confirm this, which makes me even more surly furious. Mike Zimmer and Clint Kubiak have an offense that has skill position players who should be able to light up the Detroit Lions. It's a bad defense. It's a bad team. Kirk Cousins, who's paid a lot, and by the way, can make throws. It's not like he can't make throws. Justin Jefferson is marvelous. Adam Thielen is very good. And K.J. Osborne has established himself as a, I think, an excellent third receiver option, giving the Vikings three receivers for the first time in a long time. Instead, Clint Kubiak, with Zim by his side, calls plays yesterday against the Lions as if Spurgeon Wynn is playing quarterback. Like that was a Spurgeon Wynn game plan. We don't really trust you here. 41 seconds left in the first half, and because people, because your players have previously made some mistakes late in the half, you decide to kill the clock instead of doing what Cleveland did just last week in front of you in your building, which is go down the field, cross the 50, and give Greg Joseph, who can make a 50-plus yard field goal, a chance to give you three more points. At what point does this coaching staff join 2021 and get with the program? If they won't, what's the point here? Justin Jefferson is a huge talent. I think he's as good as Diggs are going to be, and he could possibly be better. And yet he's used like, you're just a piece of this puzzle, Justin. And by the way, that's also going to get Justin eventually, as he matures, to say, I'm out of here. That is enough to make anybody surly. Wow. Masterpiece. A masterpiece. You're going to chase the kid away. And it's all fair. Actually, Dex, can you can you load that clip of Zimmer explaining the end of the first half very condescendingly, by the way? Courtney Cronin and, and Courtney kind of gave him an out in the question, and you'll hear it here in a second. But, you know, Courtney asked, you know, hey, you know, was it just you guys were going to get the ball back in the second half and you were just trying to run some clock there and whatever, which, by the way, like, I don't I don't even know that he deserves like the out in the question. Dude, you've got 40 seconds left, two timeouts. You've got some of the best receivers in the NFL, and you have a quarterback that, when protected, is damn good and has been pretty good also like late in halves this year. Why would you not make a run at at least field goal range? And uh, this is Mike Zimmer condescendingly explaining. Well, I shouldn't have to explain all this to you, but the plan was if if 
you know, we've screwed up a couple of plays in the end of the first half this, this year, right? Because we ran out of bounds. We did some things. So the plan was to run the ball the first play, see how much yards we get, and then go from there. If we get a first down, then we get on the ball and we move. But we got, like, no yards. So that was that. Okay. A couple things off that. Number one, I do think it's a little bit of a reflection of how he feels about Kirk Cousins and the offense's ability to not make a mistake. Like, I, I don't think he fully trusts Kirk to not get strip-sacked or something, or the offensive line to hold up in protection. Like, I think there's, there's definitely some trust issues with Mike and the offense in those moments. But do you think the best teams in the NFL, the highest-octane offenses, and, you, and the Vikings were averaging 30 points a game going into that Browns game and... The Vikings have a pretty high octane offensive attack when they pull the training wheels off of it. You know, it's not it's not the what the Chargers have been this year or what the Cardinals have been, but do you think the best teams in the NFL, the teams that are going to be in contention to win a Super Bowl, enter the last 40 seconds of a half, the first half with two timeouts and think, "Oh man, well we uh we failed a couple times, you know, that we uh, we made a mistake 2 weeks ago and we fumbled this one time." So Let's just be conservative and hand the ball off. Or are they thinking, "Woo, baby, 40 <laughs> seconds, two timeouts, and Justin Jefferson with 100 yards in the first half? Bang, bang, bang. Gotta go. At the very least, let's kick a field goal. Mm-hmm. We might even be able to get down close enough to make a run at a touchdown. It's like his default thinking for as much of a tough guy as he is and for as aggressive as his personality can be, he is one of the most cowardly, conservative philosophical offensive guys in the NFL. And yes, Clint Kubiak's calling the plays. But if Mike Zimmer gets on the headset there and says, guys, 40 seconds, two timeouts, let it rip to Justin Jefferson. Let's get it. Let's get inside the red zone and see what happens. You're right. They would They would do it. Yep. But he doesn't want to, right? He's, ah, well, I don't know. A couple weeks ago, Amir Abdullah ran out of bounds, and then we gave the other team, forget about that, dude. Go for the jugular. It's the Lions, for God's sakes. I know. So I'm in lockstep with you on this. But, I mean, it's just it's maddening, too. And, and you've got the skill position, guys. Now, I am not saying that Kirk is is a top-five QB, okay? Herbert's been unbelievable. But I will say this in defense of Kirk and the entire offense, we have no idea. Like, they don't allow us to find out. There's never There's never an extended period where they're like, let's really go here. Seattle felt like a huge breakthrough because they scored a lot of points, but they were down and had to come back. They literally took a lead against Detroit, which is a team that you should turn into an aerial show. They took a lead against Detroit, guys, and they acted like they were playing against a great defensive team uh, and against a team where we just need to win by three. Like, how is that your thinking? Dude, they're checking down on third and long. They're throwing screens. It's like, what are you guys doing? They're so yes. paralyzed by the fear of making a mistake on offense that they don't come anywhere close to unleashing their best possible offensive but then, output. But everywhere. then this this comes back to one huge question. If you are that afraid of making a mistake offensively, why on earth did you ever decide to pay a quarterback, any quarterback? I'm not just picking on Kirk. Well, but Mike Zimmer would agree, right? Mike, yeah. That's, that's why that's I know, why but so, somebody's got to be like, so Mike, no, this doesn't work. We're paying this guy yeah. too much. And, and look at the weapons. Stefan Diggs, the Vikings put on almost a weekly tutorial on why Stefan Diggs is in Buffalo. And I know it worked, but believe me, that's not going to become the rule of forcing guys to demand trades where, oh, it worked again, it worked again. But the Vikings put on, you know, forget 
um, disagreements off the field. Forget, hey, how did Cousins and Diggs coexist? The Vikings, from a play-calling standpoint, give you a weekly tutorial on why Stefan Diggs said, I'm out of here. And no one can blame him. Yeah, it's true. Uh, we've got more nitpicks as well, as I'm sure a lot, a lot, a lot of Vikings fans that came on Ventline, and we, we heard from on Ventline yesterday, we heard from an usher who was at the game also <laughs> talking to fans. Like, a lot of you Vikings fans were actually rooting for a loss as that thing you know, got into the final minutes and Detroit goes for two, and so we can get into some of that. Um, but real quick here, Judd, let's let's introduce the audience to another partner of ours. Real quick, I know um, you know sometimes I think we we have a lot of fun with our partners and Surly and whatnot, and we probably get a little too obnoxious. But it's because they support us, keep the lights on, yep. and you guys have been supporting Chill Boys and Surly, and we got another one starting today that's going to be uh, awesome for the show. And Welcome aboard Livia Weight Control Centers. Um, in fact, Dex, if you could briefly give me give me the full screen here, I'm going to stand sure. up here and show you guys something. Oh wow! Because oh, wow. this is Dude, are, this, you wear, are, wait, are you clothed? Are you clothed? Yes, clothed. clothed. I am clothed. I am oh clothed. my god! Now I am wearing <laughs> I am wearing a a sweater or a shirt. I don't know what you call this. I don't really quarter care. Zip. A quarter zip. I am wearing something that a month ago, three weeks back, was in storage. Unwearable. You know why? Oh, wow, dude. No, I'm dead serious. This would have been so tight and uncomfortable. But in my first week, in my first week, nine pounds down. Wow, dude. That's Libby awesome. is incredible. I Now, here's what I want to share, too, because the weight continues to come off. And this is important, okay? One, I don't want a lot of work. So, like, I don't want to take microwave meals to games and be like, do you have a microwave I can use for my special meal? Because I'm a high-maintenance reporter. I don't want... I do you want, have a pasture of grass I can graze on? Uh, during, yep, uh, exactly uh, right. Exist. I want ease, and I want structure, okay? Tell me what to do. Don't make it too tough. And the folks at, at Livia have done exactly that. They have given me ease. They have given me structure, and the best part is if you join now, join me because I'm not done yet. I'm 230. I was 240. It's way too fat for me. I was 240, 230 now. If you join now, first 10 weeks for free. First 10 yeah. weeks for free. A limited time offer and soon call now 855-GO-LIVIA, L-I-V-E-A, or visit Livia.com. That is Livia.com. So do it today. And I'm serious. This is a great program. It's ease. It's structure. It's all of the things that guys in particular want. Love it. Love it. So you're down, dude, you're down 10 pounds. I was down 10 pounds in in one week. And I'll probably lose. I mean, I'm hoping to drop like four pounds a week or so. So it's not going to all come off as quick. But the point, but the point is, I love the program. The program makes perfect sense. It's not a ton of work. Uh, the, the food that they do supply you with is good, but overall, I mean, this is, this is, and, and the best part is when the journey is done and I'm trying to get down to probably around, uh, 200 pounds or so. The best part is they've got a program for maintenance as well. And that's why it's called weight control and not weight loss. Because the key here is, especially for a guy my age, who's going on 52 control your weight. So don't just lose it and and gain it back, which I've done. Lose it and yeah. keep it off. Livia is and the you place. Like to, and you know what? And obviously, you're going to want to drink a beer once in a while, too. And so it mm-hmm. sounds like Livia can uh, can Livia work can around. definitely help with that. 
your lifestyle. So, all right, further nitpicks here. Declan, what was yeah. uh, a nitpick that you had from yesterday? So it's a nitpick, but also at the same time, it was a, it was a trending in the right direction, but it's more of an all-encompassing nitpick. So yesterday, I think, was the perfect example of why we need to take the training wheels off of Everson Griffin. So Everson Griffin has been used situationally in the first few games this season. Now he missed the game in Arizona because of, of the car accident. But his first three games, he only played 41% of the snaps, 64% of the snaps against Seattle, 55% of the snaps against Cleveland. But yesterday was on the field for 72% of the snaps. And it had a monster day, a couple sacks, um, two quarterback hits, a tackle for a loss, four tackles. He did have a couple penalties, but those didn't really bug me too much. Everson Griffin and Daniil Hunter complement each other a ton. And I know I believe Andre Patterson said last week going into the game, well, he's older. You know, he's he's 33. I have, to, I have to get Ev out for all 17 games this year. I can't be running him out there all the time like I used to. Everson Griffin is still a damn good pass rusher. And I think it, I think you should start stop taking the training wheels off him. Just let Everson Griffin be Everson, man. Let the big dog eat. I love how like you know, Everson being Everson means, hey, you might get into a car crash in week three and commit a couple <laughs> dumb penalties. But it's all part of the Everson Griffin experience. experience, you know. So, yeah, he played uh, 49 of the 68 snaps on defense yesterday. Anthony Barr played all 68 defensive snaps. Hasn't played in the game for, what, basically a calendar Yeah, year. and we thought that, that he you know possibly be on a pitch count. So, good yeah. for him. If he can play, he can play. Um, all right, so many other potential nitpicks here. You like that? Uh, you like that? I think... Uh, I think my biggest one is just I'm just I'm going to go like 30,000 foot philosophy here. And this goes back 15 years. The Wilfs are really good owners in that they are invested, they will spend big guaranteed money on players like Jared Allen and Brett Favre and Kirk Cousins was available and you know like they're they're sort of there as an ownership group to say how can we help you but we're not going to meddle too much. You know, like a Jerry Jones. So it's, they're really good owners. But for the last 15 years, from ownership down to front office, down to the field staff, the head coaches, and even the play calling as we're seeing it in this iteration of Vikings football, Mm -hmm. everything is catered to avoiding failure more than achieving Super Bowl success. And I'm just kind of sick of it. You know, like, I'm glad that the Vikings aren't a train wreck on a regular basis like the Lions are. I'm glad that they don't just start every other year like 1-5 and five or 0-5 oh like the Lions do. But I'm watching that game yesterday, and I'm listening to the head coach, the clip that we played a little earlier, talk about, well, we made a couple mistakes earlier in the season, and so we were going to just run the ball at the end of the first half just to see. It's like, that's not championship strategy. That's not. That's not thinking about... How can we shove it down the Lions' throats and, and, and sneak a quick touchdown in before the half? It's like, why are you – they're so obsessed with guarding against a fumble or guarding against a four-win season that they don't have enough uh, foresight or strategy or whatever it may be or the right people in place to really achieve Super Bowl goals. Yep. And that game yesterday was a microcosm of it, that they're they're more concerned with avoiding failure as a franchise than achieving Super Bowl success. Yep. And that's like the biggest nitpick I can possibly have. Yep. And and it seems like if they do try something and it doesn't work, it just scares them forever. You know, well, we had a couple guys step out of bounds. We had a couple mistakes. So we're just going to take away. Well, yeah, you, you want to take away your mistakes, but you want to improve upon them, not abandon them. Right. 
Mm-hmm. Like th- those things didn't work, so we're done there. Well, why don't you work to improve upon those things so yeah. that the next time you try them, they have an opportunity to work. It's just, but, I'm with you. It's frustrating. And it's okay. Like, it's okay. You're going to make mistakes. It's football. It's almost like like the, the, the Vikings are so, well, if the pocket's not perfect, then it's going to be hard for us to throw. Or, well, if if there's even a 5% chance of fumbling at the end of the half, then we should just be conservative. It's like, there's going to be mistakes. You're going to throw some interceptions. I don't care. Now, if you throw 20, okay, we need to have a conversation. But, like, Justin Jefferson's the hot hand. If they bracket coverage him in the second half or if they give you cloud coverage or whatever, oh, we don't want to, we don't want to throw an interception. No. You want to throw the ball to Justin Jefferson. Yeah. So if you need to force it once in a while, I'm okay with it. But the thing I don't get about that is, is that's such a cop-out to me because, okay, Let's say Jefferson is is covered. He's cloud covered. He's bracket covered. He's double covered. You've got two other guys. One of them has to be open, right? Like you can't be like KJ Osborne, Thielen, Jefferson, bang, they're all gone. That's what I don't know. That's what like, and they don't explain that part of it. But that's what's so frustrating is is aren't there ways to make adjustments as the game goes where, okay, Jefferson got off to a great start. Now it's going to be tougher to get the ball to, to him but Adam Thielen had two catches in that game, and both came on the last drive. It's, you know, and don't come back with, well, he had another catch. It got wiped out by a bad call. <sighs> okay, whatever. The, my point is much grander than that. My point is you got to go about finding guys. You can't just be like, well, we'll just go back to the run. Yeah. It's 2021, I mean, it is, man. Yeah, yeah. This is the most innovative and high-flying offenses have ever yeah. been. And the Vikings have some of the best skill position players, even without Dalvin Cook. Yeah. And they are they are actively bleeding the clock down at the end of the first half, and they are actively running more handoffs on second and long than any team in the NFL. And have you conservative, seen? Conservative, conservative. Yeah, conservative. and have you seen not just what teams like the Chargers are doing, but college? Which, by the way, college trickles upward now. So, like, play calls and designs get robbed from college. I watched a ton of football on Saturday. The designs there are getting more and more intricate and more and more interesting. And you're still like, let's pound the ball like you're in the Big Ten circa 1976. Just, I'm with you. It's maddening to watch. Also, there's a difference between... Uh, being risk obsessed and paralyzed and just adhering to good risk management practices. And that's where Federated oh, comes I love in. What you did there. If you're a business owner, okay, listen, like they're not telling you be paralyzed by risk. You might need to be aggressive as a business owner. And that's where Federated comes in. They help with risk management. Okay. They help make sure that your bottom line is protected, that your employees are protected, whether it's fire prevention or pandemic uh, guidelines and safety guidelines and everything that has to do with the last 18 months in this country. Uh, Federated's here to help you. You can find out more about the great people and tools at Federated by going to federatedinsurance.com. And remember, at Federated, it's our business to protect You like that? Yours. You like All right, that? Any other uh, just final nitpicks here before we... Right. Oh, I we'll got, have plenty more with Booney tomorrow and yeah, I got one. Randy tomorrow. I got one, and it's got nothing to do with Zimmer or the on-field personnel people. Uh, Rick Spielman, the Chris Herndon trade. Yeah, it's bad. For a fourth-round pick. Dude, it's a fourth-round he pick. Has, he has, and I'll say it slowly because it's hard to comprehend this, but first of all, he is considered 
a pass catching tight end. Okay, so he's not he's not a blocker. He is a guy who should catch passes. He has as many targets, I believe, as he does penalties. Now he took two and. It, the holding call on the Thielen play might have been a bad call, but it was still called, and he did spin the guy, okay? The second one on the block is an easy call, but you traded a fourth-round pick, and I know that they got a sixth-round pick back too, but you traded a fourth-round pick, and you always tell us how much you love your draft picks and how you know important fourth- and fifth-round picks are for a guy who is contributing nothing, zero and he is supposed to catch passes, not block. He is a pass catcher. Come on. They, uh, yesterday, they played, Sir Herndon played seven snaps yesterday, two penalties, and uh, Ben Ellefson, who played FCS, he played for NDSU, but he's an FCS college football player. And he's the blocker, yes. Who was undrafted in 2020. Yep. And, they, and they've, got, they've got Ben Ellefson out there for twice as many snaps as Chris Herndon. Now, uh, ben Ellison, of the four team plays he was out there for, uh, almost all of them were run plays. So basically, if you're an opposing defense and you see Ben Ellison out there, yeah, you know what's the Vikings coming. are running. The Vikings are running the football, which again, <laughs> which again proves the point of predictability. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. But Chris, so. come on, fourth round pick, like that's that's the production for us. Seventh round pick, or just pick a guy up off the street for nothing. Dex, any final quick nitpicks from you? Yeah, last one. Please stop taking the ball out on kickoffs. Uh, just just get the ball on the 25-yard line and let the offense go from there. Amir Abdullah twice could have let the ball go out of bounds, and we that could have actually been a, a better decision than taking the ball out. Stop taking the ball out. If you're not Cordero Patterson or if you're not Devin Hester, basically a Hall of Fame level or an elite, I should say, elite level kickoff returner, just stop. Just stop taking the ball out. I think wasn't the one at the end of the game, so he – that was going out of bounds. That was for it? sure going out of bounds. Yeah, and he I don't know what he sort of got nervous. Like I don't know if he didn't realize where he was on the field. Ugh. It was yeah. very weird. So they could have had well that would have been taken out to what, 35, 35, right? Yeah. So they could have they could have been more yards. Ten, well the, the 17 from, yards closer. Yeah, it would have been a lot started, closer. Started well, the right, 18 yard right. line. Just from the norm so. 10 yards. Oh, anyways. All right. Well, if you want the full therapy session, Vikings vent line was great yesterday for that Alex Boone. One of the things we can talk about tomorrow with Boone is what is the acceptable level of celebration when your team beats the Lions in that fashion? <laughs> is it Kirk Cousins' celebration where he's, like, grabbing his head coach? You like that? You like and that? And they're putting the kicker on their shoulders walking <laughs> off the field? <laughs> what, what is this, the or, Bad News Bears? I mean, they literally put the kicker on their You're shoulders. You're right. That's another and thing. And walked off the field. Yes, good point. <laughs> I mean, what the <laughs> hell? We can talk about that stuff with uh, with Booney tomorrow. But thanks for hanging out with us. Daily Vikings entertainment here and therapy. It's Purple Daily presented by Surly.